The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Edomea, beyond, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. The reason I'm wearing the fancy vestments is because we have an unannounced special occasion today. How many years has it been? 40? 47, right? Congratulations. I was hoping to do this blessing last month on the actual day, but I'll take the surprise opportunity to do so now. Um, and our readings today, surprising as it may be to hear this, are marvelous readings on a day when we will also be celebrating a significant wedding anniversary. Um, in their own understated way, they speak of what is important with regard to holding a family together. In our first reading, we see Saul's heart kindled with resentment toward David. And again, one might say, what does that have to do with blessing a married couple on the occasion of their anniversary? And it has everything to do with it because of the reason for this resentment. David, as we just heard yesterday, heroically stepped forward and slew the warrior giant Goliath and ironically finds his life under greater risk from the people he helped than from the warrior and the army he faced. And it's a sobering lesson for us of the danger that often lurks where we should be safest. And what is the specific, specific danger here? Saul cannot rejoice in the goodness of his servant. Notice that as they come back triumphant, the women come out singing their song and they celebrate Saul first because he's the king, saying Saul has slain his thousands. But David is the hero. And so the praise is amplified for David. But it's not that Saul was left out. But notice that he can't rejoice in the victory of another. He can't rejoice in the victory of the one who saved him. Because somehow that one receives more praise than he does. And so you have that, that marvelously bizarre statement. They celebrate me celebrating thousands. And then they celebrate him saying ten thousands. I feel so cheated. 
They give David ten thousands and only thousands to me. And so he's not even able to rejoice in the fact that people are celebrating him. Celebrating the king who has such a wonderful servant. Rather, his heart grows cold, it grows hostile, because that's what jealousy does. That's what selfishness does. And real love involves the ability not just to rejoice in the goodness that I have, or even the goodness that we have together, but also to be able to look at the goodness that someone who's not me has, and to be happy because he or she has it. And Saul's heart is too small to be capable of that, unfortunately. And so he surrenders into the same murderous temptation that settled over Cain at the beginning, when he was jealous that Abel's sacrifice was accepted and his wasn't. And it turned his heart against the other. That ability to see and rejoice and delight in the goodness that has come to another is one of the most necessary aspects of love. One of the most necessary aspects of holding a community and especially a family together. One delights in one's own joys. One delights in the shared joy. But one also delights in that goodness that is particular to somebody else. You don't make 47 years just by stubborn endurance. Although there's probably some of that too. <laughs> but that ability, that ability to see goodness in one another and to rejoice in it. To rejoice in the goodness that you share to rejoice in the goodness each of you has received from your marriage and your family, but then also just to be able to appreciate one another in that goodness that isn't yours, but is connected to you. And it's marvelous because it's theirs. That ability to rejoice in someone else. Even if from time to time that means I see a goodness that's greater than the good that I have, and that's okay, because it's with me. And in the end, it is for me. David's goodness, as, we, as we'll see, is always for Saul. It's always at his service. And so Saul's jealousy undercuts himself. It doesn't just rupture unity among the Israelites. It cuts him off from a goodness and a safety that is available to him. But in order to access it, he has to be able to appreciate, to value, to rejoice in the goodness of somebody else. And then in our gospel reading today, we have this marvelous example of both the power and the vulnerability of Christ. Because word of his great deeds goes out and a crushingly large crowd arrives. And the Lord expels demons and the Lord cures illnesses. And yet he also speaks out of the human fragility in which this divine power is enclosing itself. Have a boat ready so that I don't get crushed. Because when there is goodness, 
And when the world sees goodness, sometimes our oddly confused world seeks to undercut goodness. But other times it seeks to drink so deeply of that goodness, it puts the goodness itself at risk. There's always another need in the world. There's always another way to help. There's always another one who needs my time, needs my attention, needs my energy. That's always there. And sometimes the trap that good hearts fall into is we forget our limit. We forget who we are. And we lose ourselves and often our families in the crushing presence of the neediness of the world around us. There's always something else to do. There's always someone else to see. There's always another thing to take care of. And so note the Lord here, who does take care of those things, who does meet needs, but who also says it's important to know when to withdraw and when to protect that goodness, when to protect that life. And again, one doesn't survive 47 years of unity in marriage without learning that skill of saying, as good as it is to be available and present to so many, it is even more important that we remain available and present to one another. And that moment of saying, you know, we need to step away, we need to withdraw so that the world doesn't crush us today because the needs will be there tomorrow. Those affairs can be attended to at some other time, they're not going away. And what a marvelous lesson that is for anyone who in living his or her faith seeks to move and grow in generosity. Note how Christ himself, the most perfectly generous of all of us, recognizes that in his humanity, not in his divinity, but in his humanity. There is a limit. There is a limit. And the limit must be respected. And when one respects the limit, one preserves the goodness. Because the choice is not that I'm not available to you. The choice is I need to be available for what is important. What a marvelous, marvelous example that is. And in a sense, the better the home life, the better the family life, the better the life that we share, the, bigger, the, better, the bigger the difference it makes outside of our home, the more important it is to have that skill of knowing when it is to have the boat ready, to get away just for a bit, because the needs will still be there when we come back. But it's so very important to remember, the world always has another need. That never runs out. But there is that greater need, that very vital need to attend to what is most important. In a sense, daily mass is something like that too. This is the boat that the Lord makes ready for us so that we can step out just for a little while from the crushing needs around us 
and just be here and just be with him. And here we don't have to be heroic for anybody. And here we don't have to exhaust ourselves for anybody because he's here. He's here and he's inexhaustible. And he's here and he doesn't have a limit here. And this is where he calls us aside, where he as well can delight in the goodness that he sees in all of us. And his particular delight today, and our shared delight, is for you guys and your family. You know, and in no small measure, because as a married couple, the two of you have done so much here for us at the shrine. And I cannot say strongly enough how deeply, not just me personally, but all of our staff and so many of our regulars appreciate the two of you, individually and as a married couple. I mean, it is just an absolute, absolute delight. I'm marking my calendar three years out. Okay, so if I'm still here, we're doing it on the day. <laughs> but I would like everybody to please stand. And fair warning, this is not the blessing. That will come a little bit later. But let us call upon the mercy of God, the Almighty Father, who in his most provident plan willed that the history of salvation be signified in marital love and fidelity. Holy Father, who are called faithful, requiring and rewarding the observance of your covenant, be pleased to fill with your blessings these your servants who celebrate the 47th anniversary of their marriage. We pray to the Lord. Holy Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit enjoy from eternity perfect oneness of life and communion of love, grant that these your servants may always remember and faithfully keep the covenant of love they made in the sacrament. We pray to the Lord. Holy Father, who in your providence order all the experiences of human life so as to lead the faithful to share in the mystery of Christ, grant that these your servants, serenely accepting both good times and bad, may strive to cling to Christ and live for him alone. We pray to the Lord. Holy Father, who willed that the partnership of marriage should be an example of Christian living, grant that all married couples may be witnesses in the world to the mystery of your son's love. We pray to the Lord. O God, in whose plan family life has its firm foundation, hear with compassion the prayers of your servants and grant that, following the example of the Holy Family, they may praise you without end in the joy of your house, through Christ our Lord. Please be seated. Once again, Tom and Christine, an overdue congratulations to the, to the two of you. Right on cue. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Bow down for the blessing. 
May God, the all-powerful Father, grant you his joy. Amen. May the only begotten Son of God stand by you with compassion in good times and in bad. Amen. May the Holy Spirit always pour forth his love into your hearts. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.